Hi, I'm Jay John. Welcome to Facing the Canon. I'm delighted to welcome my friend, motivational speaker, author of Sumo, Shut Up and Move On, Paul McGee. I'm delighted to welcome you back, my friend, Professor Paul McGee. Welcome to Facing the Canon. It's good to be back, John. It's good that we can have another opportunity to talk more. We ended the first programme by beginning to talk about SUMO. And remind us again, S-U-M-O stands for... So it's an acronym. It started up its life simply meaning shut up, move on. It's evolved somewhat and it can also be called stop, understand, move on. And SUMO was a word in Latin means to choose. And I talk about our choices count, they matter. And shut up, right. Do you think we talk too much? It's interesting. There is, in in the Psalms, there is this, uh, a well-known verse, be still and know that I am God. And I think in our very distraction-filled world that we live in, at times just to take time out to be silent, to pause. But that can be very threatening for some people, can make them feel uncomfortable. We have a lot of knowledge about technology and how machinery works, but we don't always feel comfortable trying to understand how we work and what shaped who we are and why we are who we are. So I think, yes, people can talk too much. I think people of faith can sort of talk too much. And I think there can be a lot of also internal chatter going on in our heads. And sometimes it is just, shh, shut up. And Quiet listen. that voice. And listen, absolutely. And learn. And reflect, but then also move on. It's, it's not, for me, it's not a question of just, oh, I've got some learnings, I have some reflections. And I'm clear in my head that although this is aimed at an individual, but faith for me is cannot just be about the individual alone. And if you think about the Lord's Prayer, you know, Jesus is asked, as many rabbis would have been asked, teach us to pray. And he, his very first word of the Lord's Prayer gives us a major clue about his mission and where I think we should be as Christians, our Father. Later on, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us. So although the book is about the individual, I think I'm also saying we need to appreciate we are part of something else. This is We live in a very individualistic society in the West particularly. And it is about understanding ourselves, but it's also about how we connect with others and how we can move on with whatever wisdom, ideas and insights we have to try and bless and help and support other people as well. Absolutely. Another of your books, Paul, is Sumo, Your Relationships. Now, I want to pick up here. Shut up and move on. Yeah. Okay, when we talk about relationships, let's say someone has upset us, for example, we're reluctant to move on. Yeah, sure. And we like having a pity party. Yeah. Why? Why? I think, I mean, let's be honest. The I mean, sumo your relationships, they went with the sumo again because of the branding. Relationships are phenomenally complicated. 
and nuanced and vary on terms of, you know, one person trying to be logical, the other person uh, is very emotional. We're not in an easy black and white, here's five steps to how to have the perfect relationship, the perfect marriage. It's not easy. We are emotional people. We're also, a phrase I've used in one of my books, we are flawed beauty. And so we have to acknowledge, I mean, I think some churches just spend every Sunday telling you how flawed you are, which I don't think sets me up to no. particularly. Which is negative. But then I think some just talk about how beautiful, beautiful you are. But, you know, Jesus isn't your life coach. He's not your personal trainer. And I, and I come across some churches where you think that he exists purely for you. I go back to, no, our father. It's about us. You know, there isn't a section in the book, in the bookstores, there is one called self-help. There isn't one, help others. But it is about helping others and it's about understanding ourselves and, and realising it is hard when we've been hurt to move on. And, I, and in some respects, I'm, I'm maybe saying not just forget about it, get over it. But it is how can we move on? What is the process? What is the journey? Which might involve forgiveness, might involve understanding compassion, putting the mirror up to yourself and realising, was am I part of this problem? But also realising, John, and I came across this recently, so I can't take credit for this, and I'm, I'm being slightly harsh here, but you know there are some people in life who you might say, you're an idiot. Now that's not going to be a close family member, but sure. you might come across an idiot. And, and sometimes, I heard this phrase, arguing with an idiot is like playing chess with a pigeon. The pigeon's just going to walk around the board pooing and then strutting around thinking like it's won, even though you might be playing a good game. And in life, sometimes you just got to go, I draw a line here. This person's not receptive to learning, to changing. I have to let that one go. But there's also many strategies and tools and insights that look in that book and another book. I'm going, can we at least try and improve some of our relationships? It's not straightforward. When we're hurt, Paul, we're reluctant often to forgive. Now, as Christians, our Lord Jesus, in the Lord's Prayer, forgive sure. though we have to forgive those yeah. so that God can forgive us. Yes. Who you know, and why are we reluctant to forgive other people? Why do we entertain animosity, a grudge? Because in fact, that's harming us much more. Sure, sure. I think we still have a sense of wanting justice and fairness. Now, Jesus and no other religious leader ever said life will be fair. Within us, we want life to be fair and we want, we want people to be punished for doing wrong. And there can be this sense in which we think forgiveness means letting somebody off and not holding them to account. But I think we learn, and again, forgiveness isn't just this one-off, magic one decision, instant, and I feel fine. Again, it's a process. It's a journey you go through and you are so right. We forgive others, not so much for their benefit, but for ours. And sometimes that envy, that jealousy, that bitterness can eat us up. 
and it's not good for us. And I believe, seriously, my, my faith is that God is for us and wants everyone, not just individuals, but everyone to thrive and flourish. You know, that that's really important. Absolutely. And, and so but yeah. we want this. We we want justice. And, and that's why we find it hard. And, and we always feel like I'm letting you off if I forgive you. But that's not no, necessarily the case. No. But we also really do need to realise, Paul, don't we, that unforgiveness is toxic. It's actually harming us more than it's harming the other person. 100%. I think, what is it, you... It's like drinking poison and hoping it'll harm someone else. Yes. It doesn't. It doesn't. But it, but, and we know that logically, but we are dealing with flawed beauty, people who are flawed. We are all flawed. And... We're emotional beings. We're not rational. We try and justify decisions rationally, but we are emotional beings and we have to recognise that. Okay, sumo our relationships. Okay, how? What are the key principles to doing that? I think one of the things to think about is, is empathy. And also, I have a visual metaphor, not got it with me, but often in my events, and you can see on YouTube and TikTok and things, I'm known for the beach ball. Yes. In fact, I did some work for this football club, and and this woman had already blown up this beach ball, and she was I was walking down the corridor from one room to another, and she always knows me as Mr. Beach Ball Man, and I said, No, I'm the sumo guy. If I was to have this inflated beach ball and and held it up between you and myself right now. And there's six colours. And I said to you, John, what colours do you see? You'd say maybe red, yellow and orange. Just use your imagination. Yes. Now, I'm looking at the same beach ball as you. But I don't see red, yellow and orange. I see blue, white and green. And sometimes in life, we, we have a view based on our upbringing, our experience, our knowledge, our financial status, our history, our personality we have a view of life that we think is correct. And yet we meet people with a different story, a different journey, a different background, different place in life right now. And they could be seeing the same thing, but they're seeing their colours. And I think part of what life is about, about relationships is, again, it's the shut up bit, is stop, become more aware that you and I could be having a conversation, but your perspective of the beach ball is different to mine. Now, what I would say is my view of the beach ball is not incorrect, but it could be incomplete. Yes. And I, if I'm going to build a better relationship with you, John, in, in this instance, I need to understand what's going on in your world. I need to understand what's important to you. Now, Jesus is quoted as saying, um, is quoted as saying, and I've lost what the quote is, but it's that's right. Treat people as you would the, want to be treated. The golden rule. Right. Now, Treat others. Now, the thing is, yes. do you know what Jesus was a real advocate of was how we are with strangers, the great includer. Now, if you don't know someone, then that is the, the golden rule. Treat people as you want to be treated with respect with mercy, with kindness, with compassion. But I also want to add, but if we do know each other, and I don't think this is contradictory, but sometimes maybe I need to treat you as you want to be treated. And I lost my father recently. Now, 
When I have, and there's a phrase I use in this book and others, we sometimes need our hippo time. What do hippos do in mud? They wallow. We need to process our pain. We need to digest our disappointment, sit with our sadness. It's valid. There's a whole, you know, the Psalms talk about it. There's a whole book in the Old Testament yes. called Lamentations, Lamenta Lament. which is all about lamenting. So it's like, I'm not part of the Christian happy clappy brigade. Life in all its fullness doesn't mean everything's always great. It's life in all its fullness. And sometimes that's about weeping with those that weep and mourning with those that mourn. Now, when I'm mourning, when I'm in my hippo time, I need my space. I need, in a sense, to go for a walk. My wife, Helen, she needs to talk. When my father died, the day after he died, we were going to be out with some friends. We went to their house after a meal and we're having a nice time, but it was a bit too much for me. And I said to Helen, Helen, I'm going to leave now. I'm going to walk home. Now, everything within Helen wanted to say, I'll leave with you and I'll walk with you. But she learnt, in a sense, sometimes you treat people as they want to be treated. And she let me go on my own and walk my journey home to be, you know, it was over the summer, it was a beautiful summer's evening and I was able to process a few things. And I think relationships are about understanding other people's side of the beach ball. With a stranger, you so want to treat them as you'd want to be treated, but with some people close to you, you learn what gets the best out of me isn't what gets the best out of you. We're all unique individuals and I need to know what's important to you. I need to listen sometimes, not to defend my position, but to understand your position. And then also sometimes I need to make sure I communicate my side of the beach ball clearly to you. You use many analogies and that's one of the things I, I love about reading your books. They're very easy to read and beautiful analogies. Uh, you talk about being fruity, uh, Doris Day and all these. <laughs> um, tell us what they are. Well, in a sense, <clears throat> We are drowning in detail in terms of life and information. And I've got to, how do I, I haven't climbed Everest. I haven't won a gold medal. I've not, you know, walked to the North Pole unaided. I'm a guy who managed 30 women on the Economy Beef Burger line and lost my job through ill health. But it's a fairly not dramatic story. How can I be heard above the noise? And how can I get people's attention? So obviously sumo, I'm the sumo guy. People sometimes go, you don't like a sumo to me. No, it stands for shut up, move on. Um, and so develop fruity thinking. People go, hello, fruity thinking, what's that about? And I go, hey, we're talking about fruit being good for the body. But I want us to think about being more fruity or fruitful in the way we think. And it gets people's attention. In the 1950s, um, Alfred Hitchcock had a film. And one of the songs in that film was Que Sera Sera. The future's not ours to see, case sarah sarah. And it was sung by Doris Day. Now, I kind of went, but if you just always go, you know, can you imagine being on a plane and the pilot goes, we'll be cruising at an altitude of 33,000 feet. As to where we go, who knows? Case sarah sarah, <laughs> whatever will be, will be. Yes. Enjoy your flight. Um, that we, we need to have a sense of purpose and direction at times. And clearly there are lots of things that are not for us to be able to see. But <clears throat> I'm not one of these. My view of faith and God, which I know is, is just my perspective. I do not view 
my relationship with God as I am a puppet that he just pulls the strings or I'm a pawn in a chess game. I view my relationship with my father as a partner and that we are partners, we are co-creators. And so for me, trust and patience doesn't necessarily mean being passive, but we can still be proactive. I don't want to go, well, case okay, sarah, sarah, whatever the future will be, will be. I want to think, what can we do today that will maybe make tomorrow a better day? Not so much just for me, but for other people. Whether you have a faith or you don't have a faith, you know, let's just be a blessing as much as we can be, because I think the world needs <laughs> blessings. And, and have we got some insights and ideas? And can we learn from other people and their backgrounds and their stories? And what can we do? You know, um, a slightly controversial statement, but I think some Christians know more about theology, but not enough about poverty, if that makes sense. And, and we can understand the menu. <clears throat> we can, you know, the, the menu in the restaurant, we've, we know exactly what where, where that wine was from and the region, and we know about that recipe, but sometimes it's like, yeah, but have you tasted and eaten the meal? And, and so for me, I am passionate about being relevant, being engaging in life, and whether it's about relationships with yourself, because there's obviously the whole issue of mental health, uh, relationships with other people, helping the poor, thinking about community this is what is at the heart of the gospel it's not have you got your ticket for heaven it, it's far deeper and wider than that you know we talk about shalom now i know it can be just a hebrew phrase that means hello and goodbye but it can mean peace yes and well-being and, and well wholeness and that is part of what i think my faith and our faith is about and so i'm going to bang on about that in, in my own little unique way that tries to capture people's attention, that is, everything I talk about is obvious, I get that, but it's often obvious only in hindsight. And it's because people just don't take time to stop and be still and to really reflect. Really, it reminds me, uh, Paul, that when I came to your university yeah. in 1985 to lead a mission yeah. at the university, the title of the mission was, can you remember? Put the record straight. Put the record straight. And really, that's what you're talking about. There are so many misunderstandings and we need to disentangle this and that. Put the record straight. 100%. And, and it's interesting because people can have a, a view of faith, which is, there's a phrase I sometimes use, don't make a mountain of assumptions based on a molehill of evidence. Yes. And we can get this little bit of knowledge that we think, oh yeah, and I've, so I've got the whole story. And when I was in London recently with, with a friend of mine, Andy, who wanted to go for somewhere for breakfast. And there was this well-known chain, restaurant train, chain. And uh, I went, let's go there. And he went, they, don't, they only do sandwiches. And I went, Andy, they do a lot more than sandwiches, mate. And he says, well, do they do coffee? I said, do they do coffee? They do. They do coffee. You can have it with soya milk. You can have it with almond milk, coconut milk. They might even have it with cow's milk. I said, they do all kinds of coffees. Oh, I didn't know. I thought they just did sandwiches. I mean, walk in. And I said, look, you've got different kinds of yogurts there. You've got some porridge. I said, look at that croissant with some cheese and bacon. And look at all this fruit. And look at all the coffees. And yet his view was... They just 
do sandwiches. And I think some people, when it comes to faith, they make a mountain of assumptions based on a molehill of evidence. Their knowledge is, is superficial. And I'll say it again, a little knowledge with a lot of bias is a dangerous place to be. And that morning, my, 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 my mate Andy, suddenly his assumption of what this chain actually served was changed. And I think sometimes in life, perhaps we all need to just re-explore and re-examine what we believe and, and what's that really based on? Uh, uh, just a, an assumption, uh, a, a brief conversation with someone else where we took their opinion as, an effect, as a fact or have we actually investigated it for ourselves? It's like we think we've got knowledge on things, but have we really? So for instance, if I said to you, John, um, where do bees live? They live in hives. Correct. But, bit of research recently I was doing, there are, if you said how many species of bees are there in the UK, I go, I don't know, half a dozen? I could maybe name a honeybee, a bumblebee, then I'm struggling. There are actually 270 species of bees in the UK. Of those 270, 250 are solitary bees. They don't live in hives. So many people, I believe, for all kinds of reasons, have a very superficial and at times distorted view of what Christianity is about. I'll say it again, a little knowledge with a lot of bias is a dangerous place to be in. And I think sometimes things are rejected and what we because of what we think is what faith's about. I'll be honest, I'm privileged to be having this interview with you, but I also recognise some people might go, he's part of the God Squad. And did he hang up his when did he hang up his brain? You know, I am I, I read what atheists have to say about faith. I respect a lot of atheists and the way they communicate. Uh, and I respect why some people have rejected the Christian faith. I do respect that and their experience of, of church and of so-called religious people and Christians. I get all of that. But I'll tell you what, John, my faith has not ever been about hanging up my brain. Of course not. It's about exploring. And do you know what the, we're encouraged to do? Worship the Lord your God with all your might, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all mind. your strength. Mind matters massively. And just like my mate Andy went, they just do sandwiches. No, 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 no. They do a whole lot more. Just come and see. And just as we think, oh, I know where bees live. They live in hives. No, the majority of them don't. They're solitary bees. You know, maybe what Alpha, the Alpha course does, is encourage people to say, should you just have a bit of an open mind here? Should you be a bit more curious? You know, I've got to tell you this. You know, Alpha did, um, they had took out advertising, as you do, about your books. And uh, is there more to life than yes. this? And the Humanist Society That's did, right. uh, did countered that. And it was something like this. It was like, there probably isn't a God, so you might as well enjoy yourself anyway. And you're thinking... Hmm. So you've got a very interesting view of what you think Christians believe God is. You see, the first miracle in the Bible, Jesus turns the water into wine. He wasn't turning the wine into water. We have a God and, 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 and a faith in Jesus 
Him and atheists, Jesus and atheists have something in common. They both have a problem with religion. And Jesus had a big problem with religion and how it oppressed people and how it excluded people. He was the great disruptor, but he was the great includer. And I think some people reject faith based on such superficial knowledge. And who is maybe the greatest human, whatever you think of him, that has ever lived, that's influenced billions of lives, that's influenced our law, our laws, the fact we have universities and hospitals. It is this guy from Galilee. And I think some people reject him. But I would say explore, get more curious, get more open-minded. Because for me, in him we live and move and have, and our, have being. our being. Absolutely, Paul. Absolutely. And we can testify that with personal experience. Sure. We can. Sumo. Sumo your relationships. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about this one. Oh, my word. The sumo secrets of being a positive, confident teenager. Sure. When when I wrote sumo back in 2004 and it came out in 05, I actually wrote at the back of it the original version. I'd love to try and get sumo into schools. When, as we talked about in my previous interview, by the age of nine, I've had four different father figures and four different primary schools. And by the age of 10, I've run away from home. I realised a lot of my problems in life and my relationship with myself and who I was, was born out of a very challenging childhood that I realised loads of people will have had. I'm not unique, I get that. It's not a sob story, it's a reality. And so I've always had a bit of a passion, it's always been on my heart, could we do something that would help children? So I actually have a not-for-profit foundation called Sumo for Schools, resources and things to help kids and, 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 and teachers. But I wanted to write a book for children that maybe, when it says about to be, to be becoming a positive, confident teenager, it's probably aimed at children aged about 10 to 13. And it's full of the illustrations, are very colourful, uh, it's very visual. And children, issues around mental health, resilience, confidence, understanding your emotions understanding how to deal with setbacks, they are crucial. And I wanted to put something together that might help young people. And um, it, it seems it's it's having some effect. Um, it's, yeah, I'm, uh, a miracle that Jesus's uh, recorder is doing was around loaves and fishes. Yes. And my mate Ed, who's one of my team and, and a person of faith, he, he says, you know what, Paul, you're just giving out loaves and fishes, aren't you? It's just loaves and fishes. You take what I have stumbled across and sought out some little gems and bits of wisdom and, and, and I've got them. But it's still quite minuscule what I've got, really, what I've learned. But I just think, well, let's just share it out anyway. Absolutely. And let's just see what happens. Absolutely. You know, there wasn't much fish and there wasn't much bread, but miracles can happen. Paul, you're an inspiration. Thank you so much for joining us on Facing the Canon. My absolute pleasure. Thank you, John. I do hope you've been inspired by this conversation that I've had with my friend, 
Paul McGee, Professor Paul McGee. I hope it's inspired you and I hope that you'll explore some of these sumo resources. Thank you for joining us on Facing the Canon. Please join us again. You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media. Many people have many questions about Jesus. Who was he? What did Jesus teach? Why was it necessary for Jesus to die on the cross? Did Jesus actually rise from the dead? What is it that Jesus can offer us today? How do we know that Jesus Christ is the truth? If you want to know what Jesus said, why he said it, and how we know he's the truth, pick up a copy of Jesus Christ, the truth. Get your copy now at canonjjohn.com.